1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. All right. Here's the breaking news from the national hockey league. Phase two of the return to play plan will kick in on Monday. So that means players will be allowed to use team training facilities in their home team city. Now this is going to be voluntary for the players And they will have to do it in small groups, a maximum of six players at a time, plus a limited number of club staff. This will be for on and off ice training. So this is a a bit of a step forward here from the National Hockey League. Now, it does say in the NHL press release that this is subject to each club's satisfaction of all the requirements set out in the Phase 2 protocol. And for example, the uh, Washington Capitals... PR account has tweeted out uh, that, that their facility is is not going to be involved in this on Monday. From the the, the Oilers did tweet out that Rogers Place will be open for players. Uh, but i've also been in contact with someone with the Oilers saying that that is probably going to be the case but there are some probably there are some things that have to be finalized first before they can say that totally for sure but i think given the covid numbers in edmonton uh, you know the city lifted the state of emergency today that they should be able to go at rogers place again this is voluntary and not a lot of oilers players are actually in edmonton an area right now so keep that in mind we'll have some discussion with this right now with my buddy bob stoffer host of oilers now everyday noon to 2 on 630 shed bob thank Thanks for hopping on on short notice here since this has all come down or so uh, in the last hour. So like I said, it, it is a small step step forward and we'll see what each individual team does in its market, but it is a step forward nonetheless.
0: Well, it's a step forward, uh, but as you know, Reed, I mean, really ultimately, you know, we're looking at the runway and I'm kind of working backwards and thinking to myself, you know, I think the NHL season, if we are able to be fortunate enough to play, probably has to be completed completed sometime in the range of October 15th. So that means we probably got to be playing, you know, August 7th maybe. And so where does that take us for potential training camp and would we be looking at a you know, a training camp on July 20th? You know, maybe even as early as July 10th. That might be a little bit prohibitive. So this this is a baby step uh I I don't know about you, but that 19 or 20-page document that the NHL sent out to the respective uh, media and the organization, uh, I failed that test, Uh, but there's certainly, you know, at the end of the day, the National Hockey League and the respective organizations are, you know, they're worried about player safety and they want to do things right, and we still have a significant amount of work to do. Today's an okay day. It's an okay day, too, in the city. And hopefully, slowly we'll start to get back a little bit to normal here, uh, because there's a lot of uh, various different uh, economic models and a lot of different industries that have been hurt by this. So, um, you know, we'll, you know, I'm meeting some friends tonight, and you know, the, the, uh, the establishment is is half full, and they're not sure when they're going to be able to get back up to you know, being completely full. And so, this is a step. You make a valid point. Um, a lot of the players have left town. At what time? Do we start to see more guys being eligible? And at what stage, you know, Dave Tippett, as an example, is going to spend this weekend uh, in the state of Minnesota. As you know, he he did the avail yesterday with you guys. Did Oilers now yesterday. So baby step. Um, Obviously, the Edmonton-born players probably going to hit the ice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometime during that time. The ice is going back in. That was sort of hinted to us as well. And, again,
1: hopefully we can uh, continue to move forward. I'll just read that tweet from the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals have not set their start date for phase two. More information will be shared when available. So they could still set it for Monday, but we're curious to see, Bob, if some teams come out in different cities and might say, okay, you know what? The rink's not ready. Our city's not ready. Our players aren't ready. So we'll see how that goes as well. I believe for the Oilers, Bob, uh, you know, uh, Matt Benning's been on with me a couple of times. He's been back and forth between Edmonton and Wobman. Uh, chase on State in Town Tyler Benson's here He did that availability A couple of weeks ago Stuart Skinner Is in Red Deer I don't think We have anybody else uh, Within a couple hour drive Currently on the Where roster And somebody's already Texted in about the border And look American players Aren't going to be Flocking back to Canada uh, Anytime in the next Couple of weeks I would think
0: Well and, then, and that might be The next support date I think it's June 21st Like to Freeland And Justin Trudeau Change the 14 day quarantine I mean Can you leave it do that when you have uh, more deaths in uh, the province of Quebec in the last two days than B.C. and Alberta have had since the start of COVID. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, it's a very challenging proposition and one of the rare times I'd have a lot of empathy for the position that the federal government would be in. But uh, yeah, 100 percent, and I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. Washington is going through something that hopefully we never have to go through here in alberta so uh you know they frankly they got way bigger challenges than whether or not you know nhl players get a chance to go uh back on ice so this is a step it's a small step Uh, there needs to be several more big steps at the end of the day the players you know yes they've approved the 24 uh team model was also the announcement today that uh they've approved the fact that there'll be seating based on uh You know, standings for the next round of the playoffs, once we get through the round of 24, that's a positive step. But there's still a lot more that has to happen, Reid.
1: Yeah, it'll be four best of seven series for the playoffs. After the best of five qualifying round, teams will be reseeded. So we don't know if it would be Edmonton, Dallas in the first round if, we don't. if the this de- defeat Chicago. So we got to uh, keep that in mind, Bob. I know I, I pulled you away from something, uh, hanging out with a couple of people. Thanks for checking in tonight. Just want to get your perspective on this news and uh, have a great show tomorrow, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
0: Reed. I did have any more insight for you, but uh, sometimes. Uh...
1: There's a lack of insight on a daily basis on our winners Now take care. <laughs> oh, no, no, come on, buddy. That <laughs> is Bob Stoffer checking in uh, noon to two every day here on six thirty. Chet. Okay, so so that's that's the story tonight. And this uh, when did I get this email from the NHL? Uh, this was at six sixteen p.m. So j- just about an hour ago. That's when they announced the transition to phase two of the return to play plan, effective. Monday, June 8th. And it says, beginning June 8th, subject to each club's satisfaction of all the requirements set out in the Phase 2 protocol, clubs will be permitted to reopen their training facilities in their home city to allow players to participate in individualized training activities off ice and on ice. Now it is voluntary. It's a small groups, six players or less with a limited number of club staff. This has all been talked about before. We didn't know the date. It's now been set for Monday and now we see, which teams and cities go ahead with this? Bob and I talked about the Washington Capitol saying we don't have a date set. Bob made a great point. There's more going on there and in many cities in the United States than just the coronavirus and COVID-19. And then as we touched on in the case of, of the Edmonton Oilers, how many players – are actually around to use the facility. And uh, we are pretty sure there's only three in Edmonton, Benning chase on and Benson, Stuart Skinner down the highway and red deer. At least he was as of a couple of weeks ago when, uh, when he did a, a zoom availability with Tyler Benson, but that that's the, the status. Bob made a great point. If, if you work backwards, when would everything have to start? I mean, we've, we've speculated a lot about a late July or early August start to I guess, restart to the NHL season. Um, So that means you got the, the training camp would have to start mid July. The NHL has said uh, in the past year, uh, training camps, July 10th at the earliest, probably a couple of weeks of training camp, some travel, maybe there's not a 14 quarantine, but maybe there's a shorter quarantine. When they get to the hub cities, you get on the ice and you start playing, you, play every second day until you award the stanley cup and as the nhl has said numerous times their preference is for a complete next season for 2020 21 is that right 2020 2021 to be a full 82 game season with full playoffs so a little bit of a nudge forward today from the national hockey league and uh, we'll see how many players are actually using team facilities early next week your feedback is
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member of FDIC. Is
1: welcome at 780-496-0063. That is the number to both call and text. We'll call a quick timeout on Inside Sports. All right, so the uh, news today from the NHL, Phase 2 starts Monday. Players will be able to work out on and off the ice at training facilities, at their home rinks, in their home cities. However, it is voluntary, and uh, as we told you, certainly not just with the Oilers, but teams across Canada and the United States, not every player is in his, uh, his home community. Who did we have on the show last week? We had Mark Pesek on the show from the Florida Panthers former oil King from Sherwood park. And he is in Florida uh, near sunrise where the, uh, the Panthers home rink is. We had Mark Latesto on the show from the Winnipeg jets. He's in Columbus. So, you know, now he's been working out uh, off the ice with some other players there, but you know, he wouldn't be able to cross the border right now. So we'll see where this happens. There's some news with other pro leagues as well. We've been talking a lot about the NBA over the last few days, a uh, 29 to one, Approval of their 22 team format. That's according to uh, ESPN anyway. 29 1, only the Portland Trailblazers voted against the proposal. This will see 13 Western Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams, each play eight regular season seeding games to finish off. The regular season, there could be a little possible play in tournament for the eighth seed and then the playoffs This will be all at Walt Disney World Resort near Orlando. So they'll use those teams to finish the regular season and then go into the postseason. The way they arrived at those numbers for the number of teams involved, it was everybody within six games of a playoff spot. So they didn't do it like the NHL where they just took 12 from each conference. They actually said you have to be, you know, they have a somewhat reasonable shot of, of, of getting into the playoffs. If, if you go on a run at the end of the year. So that's what the NBA is doing. It is uh, not going well with major league baseball. They continue to go back and forth. Tony Clark, former player who's the executive director of the players association put out a statement today, Uh, He says players want nothing more than to get back to work. He said earlier this week, Major League Baseball communicated its intention to schedule a dramatically shortened season unless players negotiate salary concessions. Uh, Clark went on to write the concessions being sought are in addition to billions in players, salary reductions that have already been agreed upon. I I, I, got to, the Major League Baseball, I mean, they they like the NHL had a they didn't have a whole full season wiped out, but obviously they had a World Series wiped out back in 1994, right, Expos fans? We all remember that. The Blue Jays had won in 92 and 93, and the Expos were the favorite to win the World Series when the season, well, I think it was finally officially canceled in September, but the strike started in August. And then, uh, you know, they've obviously had numerous other seasons that have been shortened. 1981, the year the Expos made the playoffs, it was divided into two halves because of a midseason work stoppage. The history of baseball is really the history of labor disputes and the history of squabbling over money between owners and players and i know you can say that there's certainly been some of that in the other 3 of the big 4 pro sports leagues it is baseball's had it the worst and i'm i'm going to recommend a book here it's it's been it's probably been at least a decade since i read this book but it was outstanding it's called the lords of the realm the real history of baseball. If if you're any any type of a sports fan, any type of a baseball fan, and you like the business of the game angle as well, the Lords of the Realm: The Real History of Baseball, written by John Hellyar, H E L Y A R, and it goes back. Again, it's been a, whenever you know baseball started being played at a somewhat professional, organized level. We're talking 1870s, 1880s in the United States, and he has accounts of even squabbling over pay and salaries and playing conditions going back then. And it's something that has uh, hung over baseball ever since. And, you know, here's the thing. Hopefully Canada and the United States get, get healthy enough to play some games, even if it's with few or no fans. Well, baseball might not be able to agree on how it's going to be done. And uh, they're shooting at each other back and forth verbally, obviously. They're going back and forth verbally over this dispute. And Tony Clark, the executive director of the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association, putting out this statement earlier today. And, and you know, they they use very strong language. I mean, he's talking about a threat coming from Major League Baseball, and they can't agree on money and what the players are going to be played. So, the, so that's something to watch there. Well, a lot smoother in the NBA and certainly a lot smoother in hockey. Though again, in both leagues, there remains a lot to figure out. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. 780 496 0063 is the number to call or text. Trent has written in. He says, uh, "Read with all these riots now, the feelings I've had from the start are stronger than ever. Pull the plug on this idea of a full playoffs. Uh, but if anything, do a sudden death round that can be completed in a month tops. If the NHL cared about their players and next season, this would be a no-brainer for me. Also, fair playing field to everyone coming back. But I don't make the big bucks like Bettman, so my idea will never happen. That is from Trent seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Trent, you're not the only person I've heard that from. I I mean, I've I've heard that from other people saying, "Is it is it worth it to finish the season?" Now the NHL has decided it is because over a billion dollars at stake. Um, But it's interesting. A lot of fans are are. Comfortable, and I, I, like, I don't know if it's the majority, I just want to say what I hear, and it's from a significant enough number of people that I interact with that I'm comfortable seeing it on air, that there, there's definitely a, a slice of, of the pie of fans out there who would say, let's just not try to finish this season under odd circumstances. Let's try to have a full next season, a healthy next season, and hopefully a next season with fans but the the situation in the United States with the protests that could factor into this. Now, hopefully by the time training camps and season starts, maybe this has calmed down a little bit, but certainly something to consider. Thanks to Trent for that text message. All right. So the NHL phase two Monday, and that means players up to six at a time can train on and off ice in their team facilities, such as Rogers place. The Washington capitals have said, they have not. Uh, they're not for sure going to uh, announce a date for that. Brian says personally, I'd rather the NHL cancel the season and start fresh in October. And uh, Randy says the series should all be five games, not seven. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Grant Fuhr scheduled to join us on Inside Sports tomorrow. NHL Phase 2 starts Monday, so teams can, if they wish, reopen their facilities and allow players to take part in voluntary workouts if they wish. Well, I guess if they wish and voluntary, the same thing. Uh, groups of six on and off ice. Quickly to the phone lines here before we bring in our next guest. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Raymond standing by. Raymond, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hi, Reed. How are you? Good.
2: That's good. That's good. Love your show. Uh, Thank you. Very quick question. You were mentioning regarding about the uh, MLB squabbling about money, et cetera, and everything. And. If the NHL decides to resume full season uh, next year, what about like if we can't have fans in the stands uh, at that time frame? Wouldn't we lose out like on like uh, revenue in that regard, and wouldn't that pose a problem for the NHL?
1: Yeah, they would lose money, but I, I the big the big ticket for them is the TV deal and and I some see. you know. Yeah, the, the television deal is pretty big. So, Raymond, that's why leagues like the Canadian Football League, the Western Hockey League, the AJHL, U Sports are so concerned because they don't have any TV money to fall back on. I mean, the, sure, the, sure, the CFL has a decent TV deal, but it doesn't pay for everything. So, right. you, you know, the other the other leagues, uh, you, know, you know, the NHL, certainly the NFL, obviously, they, they have TV money. If the Edmonton Oil Kings have an empty building like there's that game's not televised the large majority of them aren't televised i mean think of the ajhl like when i covered the team in lloyd minster if they got 800 fans that was a pretty good night you know some nights they might get four or 500 right so even if they're not getting those you know they got some sponsorship in the community so that's that's why uh we're talking about having different discussions depending on the league Did did that help
2: yeah, that does actually help. Yeah, when you mentioned regarding about the squabbling, I was thinking, well, what happens with us with with no fans in the stands or those type of situations? But that definitely
1: yeah, just helps. yeah, and when when you're near your computer, like give give all the television deals uh, a quick Google for the leagues. I just quickly, what's the NFL's now as of as of February of 2019? So a little over a year ago, each. NFL team gets two hundred and fifty-five million dollars from the TV deal. Each team. <laughs> so that's that's why the NFL can play without fans. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on, okay. Raymond. Thanks. Thank you. That is Raymond seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, it's uh, it's well. I mean, the NFL is the the king of all the North American leagues, obviously. So then that's why players make what they do. Here's, here's a bit of a side note. I was talking to somebody today who made a good point about how the money is different. And look, a lot of NHL players are very well paid. Certainly the stars are very well paid. Connor McDavid uh, makes $12.5 million per season. Kelly Alinek, who's a Canadian player from BC, plays for the Miami Heat. He was not in the top 10 in minutes played on the Heat roster this season, minutes per game. He's basically their backup center. He makes $12.5 million per season. Kelly Alinek and Connor McDavid make the same amount. One's a obviously a very good backup player, but a backup in his league. The other is the best player in his league, and they make the same amount of money. Anyway, just a little perspective there. Murray McCourt is the gm executive golf pro at the ranch golf and country club and he's always a great guest to have on the show murray just talking about the the big bucks there i don't know if executive golf pros are quite up to 12 and a half mil per season but we'll keep working on it okay
2: yeah i'd appreciate that work hard
1: (laughs) yeah well the the money in in pro golf certainly has gone up over the last 25 years and we, like is that simply the 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 tiger effect because i think the prize money and the tv money you can kind of trace that to him bursting onto the scene
2: oh 100% i think uh, everybody in the entire golf industry uh, owes tiger woods a debt of gratitude for uh, for all he's done for the sport and and put money in in everyone's pockets not just the pga tour players but uh, you know the club companies, and the, and take it right down to golf pros and and whatnot, and how he grew the popularity of the sport uh, at a time where it really needed it, and you know it needs it again now. If if uh, if he can uh, can get back on the bandwagon here and and get a couple more wins under his belt and maybe a major or two, uh, he could really help the sport out a great deal again.
1: Yeah, and that's I've been asked a lot. Well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, like there's still lots to talk about, and still there's still plenty of fun to have on on a sports show, and a lot of serious stories to cover as well. But that was the one thing because I've always believed the NHL was going to find a way to finish it. So, but it was weird that weekend. When there was no masters, and I know there. When is it going to be now? November, November fifteenth, I think. I wonder oh, yeah. how. I wonder how much different that course will look in November as opposed to April at Augusta. Yeah, I've
2: had that same question. I don't really know the answer, but I'm going to be uh, be on the edge of my seat to, to watch and see. It's uh, it's going to be different.
1: All right, Murray. We had you on a few weeks ago uh, when golf was given the go ahead. To get people out on the courses and you outlined some of the changes that were going to be in place to respect social distancing and limit the amount of things golfers were were touching or or shared materials to cut down on germ transfer and all that kind of stuff. How how do you feel it's been going? Has everything been able to kind of go pretty smoothly? Have you made any tweaks along the way? How's it been? Yeah,
2: it's been pretty good. I mean, we opened... uh You know, with uh, not having the driving range open, not having the on-course washrooms open and and things like that in the beginning. And as we got more comfortable with the way things were going and made sure that we could control things the way, you know, we needed to to follow the protocols, we've opened up the driving range for golfers to warm up before they play. It's not open for the general public to come out and, and hit balls. And we do have washrooms open on the golf course now. And, and, You know, we have all kinds of protocols within our own staff to ensure that they get cleaned like all the time, and and uh, you know the range buckets are getting sanitized after every use, and all kinds of things like that, just to make sure that we're following the protocols and keeping everybody safe. But it's definitely been a, been a challenge and uh, a learning experience for for everybody, but we're we're getting through it and. But not a whole lot has really changed. But, you know, I feel like some things are going to change here when phase two gets announced next week. I, I, I don't know exactly what uh, is going to change. And, I, and some of the rumors and stuff that I hear, I'll believe it when the, when the, the government says it can, it can change. But I would anticipate uh, from what I'm hearing that potentially the one person per cart may, may go to uh, back to normal and you know, we can't do any type of tournaments or events right now with the, with the protocols, but they're going to increase the number of people that are allowed in a, in a room. Right now it's only 15 people in a room, and how big that number is going to increase here when Phase 2 starts uh, in a week or two, I, I don't think anyone knows that answer yet, but uh, it could allow golf courses to start doing some you know, at least smaller events as well.
1: I, I what was the tee times you went was it you went from every ten to every fourteen like it wasn't a huge change but you just spaced it out a little bit.
2: Uh, we we rotated eight minutes, nine minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes before. Now we're at twelve minutes, and you know when you say that's not a lot, it is a lot. That's uh, if you think about it that way. That's uh, uh, around twenty five percent of your tee time is just gone. Uh, oh, wow. Twenty five to thirty percent of your tee time is gone. So take that uh, as, as your revenue hit right off the top with 30 uh, percent less people being on your golf course in a day if you're at full capacity. Uh, so so that's a big hit, and then your restaurants at half capacity. Are, uh, so that's a that's a big hit, and and uh, you're not not able to do tournaments, and at the ranch we're the busiest tournament golf course in the province. so well, that's a massive hit. So. You know, it's just great that we're open, and, and something's better than nothing. But it, it's it's certainly not uh, operating the way we, we we normally
1: operate. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. I guess I never thought of the tee times that way. If you, those extra three or four minutes over the course of an entire day, yeah, that would add up to to a different spacing for sure. Murray McCourt joining us, at GM, executive golf pro at the Ranch. I, I, the course, you know, you got to continue to evolve. You always want to make it better. Tell me a little bit about these all these trees, Murray. What's the story here?
2: Well, if you played at the ranch, I know you have the fifteenth uh, through eighteenth holes are are really really tough finishing holes and lots of trees. And you're on um, fifteen and sixteen in particular. You're teeing off through shoots of trees, and what we did was we we cleared literally hundreds and hundreds of trees on uh, those four holes to uh, especially on 15 and 16, to open those uh, shoots up a lot more. So uh, they're a lot more visually appealing uh, in terms of you can see everything that's in front of you now. And uh, it's a safety thing, too. It, it, you had trouble seeing carts that were out there, people that were out there in the fairway. And then 16, if you can think about this, lead from the blue and gold tee boxes before, you had trouble seeing all the fairway. Now, right. if you're on those tee boxes, you can see the entire green. And, and so, like, that's how many trees we, we uh, took out of there. So it's a really huge improvement both visually and just makes, makes those holes a lot more uh, user-friendly than they were before and, and just to make the game a lot more enjoyable for all.
1: So I'm trying to think back now. Uh, is 17 the par 3 or is that 16? And 17 is the par 3, you bet. And then 18 is the one with the split fairway with the pond? Right, right. So if you're playing the red
2: or white tees, if the tee boxes where they normally are, you would play the right fairway. If right. you're on the blues or gold, you play the left fairway. Uh, and so it's just opened it up a little bit more off the 18th tee box on the on the blue and gold tee box sides. So those trees aren't creeping in on you as much anymore. And the other thing we did on those holes at number one and 10, that big water, was we cleared all, cut down all the fescue that's uh, around the the ponds, and we're we're keeping that cut down permanently now and it just it looks like a million bucks it's a very different look but just again you you just see everything more and just makes it more user friendly and not as intimidating visually
1: murray i know you also did some work with bunkers and i'm curious about this because uh, you know you and i uh texted briefly this afternoon and and you said we, we have some of the best bunkers in the province, and I wrote back jokingly, "Is there even a such thing as a good bunker? Because <laughs> <laughs> they always try to find a way to add shots to my score." But I, but I, I'm curious about this. Um, you know what makes you know a, a good bunker, maybe a fair bunker for any level of player right well the big thing
2: with with the, the problem with, like the ranch has always been an unbelievably good golf course and always been highly ranked in in cor- score golf magazine rankings and things like that but the one part of the golf course that just didn't live up to the rest of it was our bunkers and the issue there was that they didn't have proper drainage and so anytime that it rained any significant amount at all it would just harden the sand up and, and make them completely unplayable. they they'd just fill up with water, and, and it took our staff hours and hours and hours to, to get them back even, even playable at all. So drainage is such a key thing in bunkers. So that, uh, now when it pours rain, the bunkers are the exact same that they were before. Uh, before rain ever happened Uh, so it's just amazing that difference and and then we have a a very high quality sand in the bunkers as well Uh, so the combination of those two things is just taking us from having very very poor bunkers to as good a bunkers as you'll play in
1: a lot of daylight right now and for the next couple months how, how early can people get out there and what's your last tea time
2: well it's all a lot different right now with covid and you're managing your cart fleet and, and everything so normally we would uh have tea times going at six in the morning but uh right now we're we're doing it at, at seven uh in the morning is our first but but boy you can uh june 21st the longest day of the year and it stay, stays daylight till almost 11 o'clock at night so you could tee off at you know six thirty, seven o'clock and and uh get 18 holes, in still, if you if the pace of play was good, and you know, with with COVID, that's been a big plus too. The pace of play at the ranch averages between three hours and 45 minutes, and four hours and 15 minutes on a slower day, with one person per cart and uh, and further spaced out tee times than normal. So, yeah, you could probably still get 18 in at uh, teeing off at
1: 6:30. Uh, that's awesome. How can people book? Because I, I think when we talked last time, it was all ahead of time or like you couldn't yeah, just drive in and, and get on yeah?
2: Yeah, it's still that way you need to you book in advance and golf courses, not just the ranch all golf courses are filling up uh, pretty fast with the tee times being further spaced apart and there's still not necessarily a lot out there that you can do right now with COVID so golf courses are busy so you're always going to need a tee time you're not allowed to just walk on to a golf course so to get out to the ranch visit our website the theranchgolf.com you can book online and Pay for your tee times in advance uh, that way. And if you're, yeah, you know, if you're part of uh, VIP golf or have passes or anything like that, you can call our shop to book at 780-470-4700. And the course is in absolutely immaculate condition, and we'd love to to get people out and, and play. It's a lot of fun out there right
1: now. Murray, it's always fun to have you on the show. I really appreciate you checking in tonight. So the ranchgolf dot com or ca dot com you bet ranch thanks for the update i you know i always find it interesting to talk to you and i'm glad things are going well at the ranch we'll talk to you again soon murray all right appreciate it take care that is Murray McCourt, GM, executive golf pro at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. So, yeah, that sport is adapting. They're, uh, they're adapting at the ranch. He told you how the tee times are spaced out, how they're working to keep everything clean. Things are different, but a lot of people are are getting out there and playing, which is good to hear. I got a great text message here. I, I wish I knew who this person was because maybe it's someone I I, I went to school with. Or, but it's certainly someone who knows Evansburg, knows that I'm from Evansburg, and knows the Pemina Valley Golf Club. I think it's still known as that, just north of Evansburg, up the big hill. Uh, Reed, are any of the holes at the ranch as intimidating as the ninth at Evansburg? And then they put the little laughing face after that. The uh, ninth hole, Evansburg, par three. Basically, you have to hit through a, a shoot in the trees that go, well, a little over halfway to the hole. And then uh, and then, kind of a uh, long, well, what would the green be like? It's probably different. Because when I played at at Evansburg, they had artificial greens. It was basically like outdoor carpet for the greens. And you could not aim for the flag. You had to play sneak attack golf. So you had to kind of hit short and hope your ball rolled on. Because if your ball ever actually landed on the green, it would just bounce way off. But yes, the uh, the classic par three finishing hole at the Pemina Valley Golf Club. It is 7.50. This is Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Kellen, did you see this story today that's been on a lot of local stations and websites about the Canadian tire? Oh, the ad billboard that, yeah, the, with the bum in it. I was gonna say the ad that's not as cracked up as it should be. The the cheeky ad, so to speak. <laughs> so this is where this is the Leduc Garden Center. Open until October 1st, 10 p.m. Yeah. And then there's a picture of like uh, some plants in the foreground and a person kneeling down in the background and their pants are riding quite low, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And I guess this somehow got put up and they, uh, they didn't catch the bum in it. The bum kind of blended in. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah, You got to bl- you got to blend it in bum. Well, I mean I'm we've, looking, I'm we've looking all at this been right there. now. I, you think you think <laughs> someone would've noticed it.
0: You oh yeah. Someone would've
1: noticed, hey, that's not a plant. That's a bum. hmm <laughs> Anyway, uh yeah, we get a laugh at stuff sometimes. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I saw that last night when it was first starting to break. And uh, it took me the first couple of tries to look at the picture to realize what was wrong. It's like one of those things that you see on Twitter or Facebook where somebody tweaks something in the photo and you're trying to figure out what they changed. And so, yeah, it's like, what can
1: you spot? It's like one of those visual games. Yeah. And then once you see it, you can't unsee it. 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 Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Yeah. Just give Canadian tire and then hit the news tab of Google. If you haven't seen this, it's uh, Mm -hmm. it's all over the internet. All right, so the NHL Phase 2 of the return-to-play protocol will start on Monday, voluntary basis for players. They can go use their team facilities for on- and off-ice workouts. And uh, again, the the Oilers, they tweeted out, that Rogers Place will be open, though I was in contact with someone else with the Oilers who thinks there are some things they're going to have to iron out. But it does look good for Monday. The Washington Capitals said that they are not announcing a date that uh, their players can use team facilities. So a little bit of a, pr- a little bit of progress here in the NHL. We're still well, we're still over a month from there actually being training camps, and probably a couple of months away from there being games. So I, I think indeed that uh, there will be. All right, a couple. Of, well, a couple people know what I'm talking about with the Pembo Valley Golf Course on the text line. That's all. I, I should go play there this summer. There you go. I got to get out there. I got to out there and play. Hey, Kellen, thanks for another great show. Hey,
0: thanks for having me again. And uh, tomorrow night, it's Friday.
1: That is Kellen Kennedy in the studio. 6:30. Chad. Mornings. A large protest in response to George Floyd's death. Is planned for Friday at the ledge. A doctor will weigh in on how dangerous a sizable mass gathering is. 630 Ched Mornings, Chelsea and Shea, 705 tomorrow for that story. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Thanks to Murray McCourt and Bob Stoffer for jumping on. You can get more on what happened with the NHL tonight on globalnews.ca 630ch.com. My name's Reed. Have a great evening.